three, two, one. Everybody, welcome into the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Uh, today is another very special edition, one that we always look forward to. The, uh, you know, four, five, six times we talk to him during the season and, and during the offseason, Greg Cosell, who is the executive producer analyst for NFL Matchup uh, and also the guru just over there at NFL Films. He also does uh, a great in-season podcast uh, with Fantasy Points. And he also did this year, I think for the first time, where basically your notes that you go through, because you watch a lot of these guys all during the year, and you <laughs> take meticulous notes. notes. I've watched over 200 guys, Greg, in detail. I'm a wow. one-man scouting service. There you go. And, and yeah. those were put on Fantasy Points as well. And I was um, yeah. I was looking over them, and and surprisingly a little bit you know you 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 took a look at a, you had taken a look at a lot of the guys that the patriots ended up drafting not cole strange in the first round uh so we won't talk much about cole i know but he was the uh, a bunch of guys two, there were two guys i missed on the first two days of the draft which was the first three rounds and unfortunately cole strange was one of them yeah uh, so make sure you guys go over if you want to. All of these profiles are up there over at Fantasy Points. Go check it out. Uh, it's really great. Uh, you know, just going off of Tyquan Thornton, you have Greg's strengths, weaknesses, uh, sort of other bullet points on the player, and then then which is the important thing, and we'll talk about some of these players is how Greg sees their transition going from the college to pros, like what they're going to need to work on, what they might struggle with how early they might play, depending on the scheme, you know, that sort of thing. So invaluable stuff. If you're still interested in in the draft and, and the guys as a whole in this league who you're going to be seeing, go check it out over at Fantasy Points. Um, so, Greg, welcome. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Sure. Love it, Greg. Love it. Love being with you. So let's – you did not take a look at Cole Strange, so we're not going to talk about his um, evaluation – well, other than uh, he's but, going to transition because he played tackle in college, and everybody knew he wouldn't play tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and what's interesting at the Senior Bowl, he played almost exclusively center. Yes, uh, which which actually, after watching as much film as I could on the kid, a lot of Senior Bowl, I think he played against uh, Kentucky at some point in time, which was sort of his coming out party. A uh, bunch of you know draft picks on that uh, Kentucky defensive line. Um, you know, I think that he's he's obviously going to play right away. I mean, you don't draft a guy in the first round at guard and not play him right away. Um, and we'll see how he competes. I mean, I do think he's – right now he's a little bit light in the lower body for me. I think he's going to need to get a little bit stronger there uh, to really hold up against some of the bigger guys in the league. He struggled, struggled with Travis Jones from UConn at the Senior Bowl, but so did everybody. Uh, I do think, though, to me – I saw center all over him. He looks to me like a an Alex Mack type of guy who can get to the second level uh, at an elite rate, and uh, we'll see what happens. But right. as far as Cole Strange goes, what I wanted to discuss with you is, you know, I just wanted your opinion on sort of the value of taking an interior offensive lineman, especially a if a guy's going to be a guard. Um, how do you see that value? Uh, in today's NFL game. I mean, I have my opinions on it, especially looking at the recent Patriots teams who we've seen, you know, from Dan Connolly, Brian Stork, and Ryan Wendell in 2014 to Joe Tooney, David Andrews, and Shaq Mason. None of them drafted higher than the third round, all playing 
immediately for the Patriots. I have my doubts about what the value is in taking a guard there, let alone Cole Strange, who may or may not have been available later. But I'm just wondering your thoughts from talking to people around the league, um, just in general, on your thoughts on taking an interior offensive lineman in the, in the first round. Well, here's the way I would answer that question. And again, I don't think there's a right or wrong. Okay, as as we, I think we all agree because we don't know. Um, I would say that I, the first thing I think about when I see the way a team drafts, because when I do my evaluations, and I want people to understand, I do all these before the draft, so I don't know who's going to be drafted where, um, is I think about Sundays in the NFL. I think about how teams have to play. And so let's now make this specific to the Patriots. The Patriots were more than most a running football team a year ago, more than likely given who they have on their roster and what they did in the draft, drafting running backs as well, they're likely to start their offense with the run game and have Mac Jones be, I don't want to say a system quarterback because everybody's a system quarterback, but not be the focal point of their, of their offense. Um, so now if that's the way you're going to play, so let's say you start your season and you don't have a very good offensive line, but that's the way you want to play because you think ultimately it fits best with your quarterback and, and what's on your roster from a running back situation. And you get to week three, week four, and you can't run the ball and your offense is stalled and Mac Jones, because he's a certain kind of quarterback, he's really good at what he is, but he's a certain kind of quarterback and your offense is stalling. So then what happens? So then people say, well, we can't run the ball because our offensive line's not very good. So my point is this, and I'm, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just saying that if this is the way your team is, and I believe this is the way their team is, then a guard has greater value to the Patriots than it might to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So we can sit here and say, well, they could have gotten a really good guard in the fourth round. Well, we don't know that. Nobody mm -hmm. knows that. They obviously, and by the way, I spoke to another O-line coach who's been in the NFL for more than 30 years who actually loved Cole Strange. Now, he didn't mm -hmm. say where he would draft them because I don't ask guys that. You know, right. I, I try to talk trades and, you know, I try to learn when I talk to coaches. I don't ask them where they're going to draft guys because, to be honest with you, Greg, I don't care where guys get drafted mm -hmm. until they get drafted. Um, yep. So, you know, the point being that if Cole Strange is what the Patriots think he is, and he's a day one starter at guard and they can line up with Stevenson and Harris. And I know they have other backs because they drafted them. Who they who did they they drafted one I liked, as I recall. I, I don't have their Yeah, Pierre the Strong and uh, Kevin Harris. Both right, of those right, right. So they want to be a running football team to start. And this allows them to be what they want to be and do it well. Then I think you say, well, the pick worked. You know, I, I'm not a believer in you could have gotten a guy later or you should have waited till this round. Number one, we don't know that. And number two, they obviously had Cole Strange rated highly. Yep. I mean, far be it for me to say that they're right or wrong in their evaluations. You know, reasonable people, Greg, as you well know, can disagree on evaluations of players. Mm -hmm. And in this business, you're wrong more than you're right. Even if you're Absolutely. a great drafting team, you're wrong more than you're right. Because it's still, no matter how much we rely on analytics or sports science or whatever, and this is only increasing, it still comes down to human beings evaluating human beings. So people are wrong more than they're right. And this is the way the Patriots want to play. And if Cole Strange turns out to be Logan Mankins, um, I think people will probably say, hey, they, you know, that worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, also part of the Cole Strange pick, um, the Patriots traded down from right. 21. Uh, they were on the clock. Some of the players that I thought you know might fit them uh, included Trent McDuffie, who the Chiefs traded with the Patriots for and took one of their took, rivals. Right. If to, yep. Uh, Quay yeah. Walker went the next pick uh, to the Packers. Uh, Kier Elam went into the division to the Buffalo Bills. Well, Obviously, Buffalo actually the- traded up right after the Chiefs did that because they wanted a corner. Yeah. So I think they had the pick right after the after the Chiefs took uh, McDuffie. Uh, I think they went two. Or no, it was but one it, pick later. It doesn't yeah, matter. One pick the later. Point is, so the, the point yeah, is the yeah. Bills knew that there could be a run on corners and they needed one. Absolutely. Tyler Smith went to the Cowboys at 24. If the Patriots, I thought they had more of a need at tackle for the future with Isaiah Wynn in his uh, final year of his contract. And right. also Trent Brown with a lot of weight clauses and – Hasn't exactly been uh, Mr. Durable. And Devin Lloyd, the linebacker at Utah, right. uh, were all there. I just, real quick, you know, any of those guys that really intrigued you or that you were uh, really high well, on? I can only tell you my evaluation. I yep. loved McDuffie. McDuffie was one of my favorite corners in the draft. Um, I, I thought he was a great prospect. They do a great job. Maybe it'll change now because Jimmy Lake is no longer at the University of Washington, but he was their DB coach and then their head coach. They've always done a great job with corners. I thought Trent McDuffie was a really high-level prospect. <clears throat> I really like Kyrie Elam as well. Um, he, he's he's a press man corner at Florida, mm-hmm. played with competitiveness and swagger. He played their boundary corner. Um, I really liked his tape as well. Um, I think Devin Lloyd was a playmaker-type linebacker. Um, maybe... I, I, Look, you and I can't get into Bill Belichick said, well, I know I can. Maybe you can, but I <laughs> no. certainly can. I certainly can. Um, I think that Lloyd is he had a playmaking feel to his game that he wasn't totally disciplined in the way mm-hmm. in which he played. But there was a playmaking feel to his game. Who knows? Maybe Coach Belichick thought, yeah, I don't like the fact that this guy there's there's a little bit of a recklessness and a lack of discipline to his game. I don't you know, again. I'm trying to get into Coach Belichick's head. I can't do that. Um, and then you mentioned, oh, Andre Smith, uh, excuse me, Tyler Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Smith, to me, has to be totally reworked to play tackle in this league. Oh, wow. He's a young kid. He's very athletic, a great run blocker in terms of the fact that he's nasty and competitive, needs so much work in terms of pass pro. I actually think that he needs to start his career inside, and mm-hmm. he may not even be ready to start year one. So, you know, from what I've been told, Cole Strange is a plug and play player and Tyler uh, Smith to me is not. Yeah. What about uh, Quay Walker? What did you oh, think I loved of him. him? I loved yeah. Quay Walker. I thought he was the best of the three Georgia linebackers. 6'4", 240. Um, you know, Jamin Davis from Kentucky was drafted by Washington last year, I believe, with the 20th pick. Yep. I liked Quay Walker more. They were equivalent mm-hmm. in terms of size and length. Uh and I thought Coy Walker was a really, really good prospect. But again, uh, this is my evaluation. They right. may have evaluated them differently. I can only tell you what my evaluation is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more guy I wanted to ask you about real quick, you know, because I didn't look at him before the draft because I, the consensus was he's going top 10, top 15. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Uh, is, he, is he a guy that would have fit? what the Patriots do, or is he just sort of an upfield pin the ears back, go after the No, quarterback? no. He was a really good run defender. I wow. thought I, I love Jermaine Johnson. I thought Jermaine Johnson, my feeling is, and again, this is my feeling based on tape and then projection. Yep. And this is the part where guys get it wrong and maybe I'll be wrong. 
But I thought Jermaine Johnson, that when we look ahead three years down the road, four years down the road, that he'll be the best edge player in this class. That was my view of, of Jermaine Johnson based on tape study. Uh, he's a really good run defender. Uh, I think he's scratching the surface of being a pass rusher. He's, he's long. He's athletic. I really liked his tape a lot. Wow. Interesting. Uh, okay, we will get into the Patriots picks in just a second, but let me tell you about betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget this weekend as the run to the Roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device and use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So the Patriots in the second round, they draft <laughs> after taking a guard who most people didn't hadn't heard of before the draft, trade up into the second round and draft Tyquan Thornton, uh, a tall, skinny, blazing fast wide receiver from Baylor, who surprisingly wasn't even invited to the senior bowl, stood out at the shrine bowl. But Greg, this is a guy that I think you were higher on than most that you were very intrigued by watching his film. Very intrigued. Um, I thought he was along with Jamison Williams, the two most explosive vertical receivers in this draft class. And I thought his track speed showed up on tape. He got on top of, he ran by corners. Um, he primarily almost exclusively lined up on the outside. I thought that there was some physicality to the way he played too, some toughness to him. He competed and played a lot tougher, Greg, than his thin frame might suggest. And that's what really stood out to me. Um, I thought that he had a feel for defeating press coverage as well. You know, he's a South Florida kid. And most South Florida kids, as you probably know, they've got grit to them. They've got toughness mm -hmm. to them. You have to when you play high school football in South Florida. Um, so I or really, even youth football. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're right about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, again, I I made the point in my notes that I, I I said he probably will never be a true high volume number one target, but I also thought that he could be far more than just a one note vertical receiver. But I really liked him. I knew nothing about him. Um, other than what he did at the combine when I started watching his tape and obviously he ran a four, two, eight, 40, which was the fastest by anybody, any wide receiver at the combine. Um, you know, he ran in breaking routes, which, you know, to me, that's a tell when you see guys run a lot of in breaking routes, slants, in breakers, um, you know, you have to catch the ball in the middle of the field in the NFL. The game in the NFL is played much more in the middle of the field because of the hash marks, whereas the college game is played much more on the perimeter because of the hash marks. And I thought that he showed that toughness. He made some contested catches. Um, I, I really liked his tape. I was truly surprised. And I'll say this. I didn't think there was much of a difference at all between Tyquan Thorne and Chris Olave based on purely on tape study. Now, yep. Chris Olave played at Ohio State and the helmet logo often says a lot about the way people view players. Um, and we'll see as time goes on. Like I said, maybe I'll be wrong, but I really like Tyquan Thornton's tape. Yeah, I um, I didn't know much. I watched him a little bit. Basically, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a draft, Nick. I don't like to waste my time on, you know, since I'm covering one team on 
on watching 300 guys when my team's going to pick like eight or nine of them. And right, I try right. to watch the top three-ish rounds guys and or take a look at guys at least. And I remember taking a look at Thornton early on, and and I, I kind of was like, oh, well, he's kind of – he's fast, he's tall, skinny. You know, I don't know. I don't see much. But then after the Patriots drafted him, obviously I, I went into the film, and I watched multiple games on him. And I came out with the same conclusion that you did, Greg. Um, you know, that I was surprised that there was – there was more there than just you know, what you heard yeah. out of a lot of draft guys after this pick was – Tall, skinny, small hands, small wrists. Uh, you know, you know, fast, straight line guy. Now, there's more than that on film. If you watch him, like, no like question. you said, the in breaking routes, that shows me something that the that the coaches yeah. and the quarterbacks show trust in the guy. He plucked the ball out of the air. Yes, there was he, did. he had a couple really nice boundary catches against you know tough coverage, uh, even yeah. on some of the ones he didn't come up with. Um, he, you know, he fought hard for the ball, just didn't come with it at the last second, but he was right there. So um, I agree with you. There's there's more there. I don't know whether I would have taken him this high. I might have tried to sneak him into the third round. But, uh, yeah, there's there's something there with this kid, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see whether he pops or not because I think he's sort of the litmus test on this draft class and sort of we all know what the Patriots right. draft history is at the position. Hasn't been sure. good. And then again – I don't know any of these kids because I don't get to interview them. Obviously, George Pickens was there, but George Pickens supposedly has issues. I thought George yep. Pickens, by the way, was the best receiver on tape in this draft. That was my point of view. I thought Pickens was one and Jamison Williams was two. I actually thought Jahan Dotson could have been pretty close to that as well. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, Tyquan Thornton, to me, I will echo what you said because I watched him in great detail, as you can see by my evaluation. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty detailed, as you can see, Greg. Mm -hmm. So, and, and as I said, I didn't know much about him at all. Um, and, you know, like I thought that he had an eight yard touchdown versus Oklahoma in the red zone on a fade route where he defeated press man really cleanly with an inside stick. And, you know, I, it's funny. I remember seeing, the same play by another receiver who went high and now I can't remember who it was and people raved about, Oh, he's such a great route runner, but right. Thornton did the exact same thing. But because Greg, he was not thought of that way, the narrative yeah. Thornton wasn't part of anyone's narrative. So no yeah. one said anything about him, but I, I thought the tape said all you need to know. Yeah. And um, look, I've known you for years. I know the way you operate. So I'm not going to ask you like, which of these guys is going to have the more successful career? Because uh, you and I both know it all depends on scheme, coaches, quarterback, right, all this right. other stuff. Yeah, yeah. But just, you know, there was a whole group of, of receivers taken there. You, Thornton, Pickens, Alec Pierce. I love Alec Pierce. Sky Moore. Sky Moore as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked Alec Pierce. I was in the minority. I thought Alec Pierce and Drake London were very similar. Now, Drake mm -hmm. London went eighth. I loved Alec Pierce. You know, I saw a comp for Alec Pierce after I did him, which I didn't think of, but I thought it was a very interesting one. And the comp was Jordy Nelson. And I think mm -hmm. I loved Alec Pierce on tape. Again, you know me well enough to know everything I say is based on, on watching tape. And yep. hey, could be wrong. But like you said, there's going to be 10 variables that we don't know about, right, as we're speaking today. Absolutely. Uh, third round, they took Marcus Jones, five foot eight cornerback out of Houston. Uh, I love the kid. Baller, returner. What do you think kid. of him? Love the kid. You know, I know Bill doesn't play a lot of cover two. 
And who knows, you know, I mean, every year is different with Coach Belichick. Obviously, you know, he could totally change because he may not feel like he has great man corners now. I, you know, who came to my mind watching Marcus Jones? First, let me talk about Marcus Jones. He played yeah. outside corner, which he won't play in the NFL. I mean, unless they're playing against a 5'9 wide out. Um, yep. He played the slot, which he could play in the NFL. And he played safety. He's an explosive athlete now. He's twitchy. He's sudden. So you know the guy I thought of in terms of deployment. Deployment, okay? I thought of Teran Matthew, who's 5'9". Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's 5'9", Matthew. I think Marcus Jones could be your, your middle hole defender in cover two. I think he could be a starting safety. I think he could play slot corner. All these things that Teran Matthew does. I loved Marcus Jones' tape. The times he got beat as an outside corner at Cincinnati, excuse me, at Houston, were because he was 5'8", where guys went up over him. But he's not going to play outside corner in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, they went with a – they doubled up a cornerback with Jack Jones, a kid from Arizona State who uh, originally was at USC, um, you know, has some off-field issues. Yeah. Uh, what did you see out of uh, Jack Jones? He played outside at Arizona State. He'll be he's a slot corner because he's 170 pounds. But, you know, he was the number one or number two uh, recruited corner coming out of high school. He was he was big time coming out of high school. And um, like that, you know, he went to USC, as you said, um, he's his tape. He's actually a really talented kid. I mean, um, but because he's 171 pounds, it's hard to see him playing on the on the outside. Um, but I think he can has all the needed traits to be an effective slot corner. He's smooth. He's fluid. He's got some twitch to him. Um, he can play man. He can play zone. Even though he's 170, he's physical and competitive because, as you know, slot corners have to do a lot of things. They have to be able to play man. They have to be able to play zone. They've got to be able to play the run. They've got to be able to uh, to blitz at times. So I think that in the right situation, he could be a starting slot corner. Uh, that's what I said. Obviously, the situation he's in now is in New England. Um, I don't know how they see him, but I think he's a slot corner. Let me ask you this, considering you mentioned this with um... – with Marcus Jones, um, you know, just talking out loud about this. So you said that he could be sort of like Honey Badger, um, could, you know, could play a variety of ways, has done that in, in college, even uh, free safety. Yeah. Um, could you see a situation, because the Patriots, what they have now, Devin McCourty's in his final year. You have uh, Kyle Duggar, who's a box safety. Adrian Phillips, who's sort of a box safety, you know, plays a lot of robber for the right, Patriots. Right, right, right. Uh, Jabril Preppers could play some free safety, but I, I don't know. He's more of a box safety. Could, could given development, could Marcus Jones play play a free safety in the Patriots scheme and Jack Jones be sort of the next slot cornerback? Could you see something like that happening? Um, well, to be honest with you, with, with Coach Belichick, you could see a lot of things because look yeah. what he did with Adrian Phillips. I mean, Adrian Phillips was a guy who I did coming out of Texas, and I remember saying to myself, well, this guy's a dime safety in the NFL, which he turned out to be, by the way. Yep. But look at the way Coach Belichick uses him. He's essentially a he's, – he's almost a combination linebacker, as you know. He plays robber at times. He covers tight ends at times. Doesn't play a whole lot on the back end, but no. will on occasion. I mean – you know, what, what Coach Belichick does with a lot of these kinds of players is really fascinating to me. And, you know, he, he doesn't just put these guys in a box, which is why, you know, I 
when they drafted Marcus Jones, I thought, wow, that is really intriguing to me because I think he can play multiple positions. And my, my strong guess is Coach Belichick thought the same thing or he wouldn't have drafted him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's deal with the two running backs together here. They drafted Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State in the fourth round. They drafted Kevin Harris out of South Carolina in the sixth round. Uh, are they the same type of backs or are they, no. they different? Okay. They're different. Um, Pierre Strong, uh, he's kind of a smooth, linear, darting, slashing runner. He almost looked rhythmic at times. He's got big playability. Um, it's a little bit of a smaller back. Um, you know, I think that he's probably not a feature type back in the league, but I don't think he was drafted to be one by New England. Um, you know, I think that he can be a really good receiver, too. He caught the ball easily. I think there's much to be unlocked as a receiver. I think you can detach him from the formation. Um, so, so I saw... so, sorry, Greg. So no, go ahead. You no, know, in, co in comparison to um, say, you know, James White is coming back from hip injury. They don't really right. have. They have JJ Taylor, but and they've given him some shots, but it doesn't seem they're sold on him. Could he fill sort of a pass back role for New England given development? Um, I think yes, he could. I, I, I think he could do that for sure. Um, I think you know whether that happens this year, but. Uh, you know, that I can't answer because you don't know about a guy's development, but I think he can be in that role and then be kind of a complimentary back. He does have big playability as a runner. No question about that. I mean, he's kind of a smooth slashing. He, he almost looks rhythmic when you watch him. Now, he played at a lower level of college football, um, but I think that he can be that guy. Uh, what about Kevin Harris is more of a every down, you know, first two no, down Kevin back. Harris, maybe I didn't see him. Where's he? Oh, I have him. I did yep. see him. Kevin Harris is the South Carolina kid, right? Yep, exactly. I had an injury yeah. Yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, he, he's um, – it's so funny how, how drafts work out because there's no mystery to Harris. I mean, he's he's a decisive, competitive, naturally powerful downhill runner. And here's what I typed. I don't know if you if you saw – you know, you read my thing, no. but I said that um, um, that features – in an offense that features the run game – as a significant foundation of their offense, much in the way Jordan <laughs> Howard worked for the Eagles and to a lesser extent, the way Damian Harris was used by the Patriots. He's not mm -hmm. as good a runner as Harris, Damian Harris, but you know, I think that's what he is. There's no mystery to Kevin Harris from South Carolina. He, he's a, he's a grinder. Yeah. Well, Greg, I'm sure you don't uh, keep up with every uh, depth chart, but you know, just for your information, I mean, look, like we said, James White's coming back from hip surgery. He's not even cleared yet. So the the future of third down back in New England is up for grabs. Damian Harris is in a contract year. They have Ramondre Stevenson right behind him. You could very easily see either Damian Harris being dealt this year, depending on, say, right. you know, so Kevin Harris fits there if they need a replacement for Damian right. Harris or whoever. And uh, Pierre Strong could potentially be a James White replacement. So right. uh, you and sort which, of see which, how that lines up. Which, by the way, goes right back to the start of our conversation, Greg, as to how they want how they want to play. You know, mm -hmm. now I would imagine they will see Mac Jones over time developing into more than what he is now. And you know, what he is now, he was certainly very good as a rookie. As you and I discussed, he had some ups and downs, probably a few more downs than people might think, but he certainly was still very good overall. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could, 
coaches nitpick. That's their job. I nitpick when I watch because I learned a long time ago, you know, we're evaluating quarterbacks to win Super Bowls, not to go nine and eight. You know, that's that's and, and I know Coach Belichick's doing the same thing. They're, they're not interested in going nine and eight. You know, so so, you know, Mac Jones had an up and down year, more ups than downs. But I'm sure in their mind, three years from now, they probably feel he'll be he can do more than he's doing now. But right now they're a running football team. That's where it starts. So I think the point you just made is a very valid one. You know, Damian Harris could be gone. They might see Kevin Harris uh, as a guy who can fill that role because when all said and done, Damian Harris didn't get 20 carries a game. There might've been a few games he did, but that wasn't the way they ran their offense on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. For their second, fourth round pick, uh, the Patriots took quarterback Bailey Zappi. Yeah. I watched Western Kentucky. Yeah. What's interesting is that I have a, a guy who does the draft stuff for me because I don't want to do the draft stuff in. And, and I asked him, <laughs> I said, give me, give me a guy at quarterback that would develop for the Patriots. You know, th- th- gave him the traits that the Patriots sort of look for. He said Bailey Zappi. So what do you what do you see out of Bailey Zappi? You know, in an odd way, I kind of like Bailey Zappi. I mean, he, I think you have to know what he is. I mean, he's six feet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he, both at, at at Western Kentucky and where he was before that, which I think was um, uh, Houston Baptist, he ran a high volume passing game, a ton of schemed, manufactured one read or no read throws. But I thought he also showed the ability to work through progressions and make throws that demanded higher level timing. He certainly had unbelievable command of that offense. It's the same offense he ran at Houston Baptist because the coach came from Houston Baptist to -hmm. Western Kentucky. Um, He was detailed. He was nuanced. Um, The other issue, though, which, you know, again, how do you want to deal with this when you evaluate a guy is because of the nature of the offense. Greg, there were a ton of just pitch and catch throws, throwing it to open receivers who had free access off the ball. I mean, it was just pitch and catch. So there's a lot of those kinds of throws. Um, I kind of felt like he fell into the kind of Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Tyler Heineke category. But if the Patriots see him as more than that, I could probably understand that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Sort of, uh, Sort of sounds like a lower level Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, maybe, sort of thing. maybe I mean, coming yeah. out from Eastern yeah, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, obviously Garoppolo is a second round pick and I'm yeah. sure when the Patriots took him, you would know better than I, they might've seen him as the heir apparent. It didn't work mm-hmm. out that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, in the sixth round, they took Sam Roberts out of Northwest Missouri state. I don't think you saw him. No. Uh, seventh round, they took Andrew Stuber. Michigan, who you actually did watch. So what do you yeah. think of Stuber? Well, it's because of Michigan. You know, I mean, they played. Yep. I saw Michigan a lot. You know, so certain teams I see a ton just because, you know, of who they are. <laughs> um, Stuber's an interesting guy. Um, you know, he's one of those guys because you wouldn't call him a high-level athlete. But I think there's a lot of right tackles like Andrew Stuber. I thought of of Havenstein from uh, Havenstein from the Rams, who's been a starter for years, another Big Ten right tackle. Um, you know, his Stuber's game is built on power and physicality, m- much more so than finesse, finesse and athleticism. He's kind of that old school right tackle, Greg. You know, again, they're a running football team. Um, I, you know, I think for what he is, He's not a bad player at all, and he's going to compete. You know, he, he strikes me as one of those guys that's going to compete hard. He, that's the way he played. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, they definitely need help, like I said earlier. They they need help at tackle. They could use 
somebody has an option somewhere, uh, given the the cloudy futures for Isaiah Wynn and um, Trent Brown. I mean, they still have Justin Huron and other people. I wouldn't be surprised if Stuber, this is crazy. I mean, seventh round mm-hmm. pick, but O-linemen tend to be a little different. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this kid plays this year. I mean, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, I, I ended my transition saying he would best be featured in gap scheme and inside zone and duo concepts, where his above the line power and play strength and competitive toughness would be maximized. That's the kind of player he is. Awesome. Uh, okay. Well, Greg, tremendous as always. Um, I, I, I could tell you that Patriots fans, after listening to you, are probably feeling a lot better about this draft. Um then after listening to some of us who uh, you know, <laughs> talk about value and things like that, but um, I greatly appreciate your insight and uh, you know thanks for coming on. Well, see, Greg, the key thing here is that you actually took a look yourself at Tyquan Thornton, and you and once you looked at him, and again, we have no idea what's going to happen. That's the bottom line point. You know, he could be great, he could be terrible. We have no idea. But the point is, when you watch when you actually watch the kid and not just go by oh the fact that no one spoke about him. You know, you kind of come away going, there's kind of a lot there to like. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there is. is. It'll be interesting there. to watch yeah. him. That's for sure. Uh, thanks, Greg. Thanks to everybody for listening to the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. See you guys later.